Good morning, builders. How's it going? Um, Mark here, uh, number two episode, Mornings with Mark. Um, I've got my tea. Hopefully, you've got your coffee. Um, we are ready to get rolling here. Um, addressed a couple of the issues um, from yesterday. Um, hopefully, the audio is coming through a lot better. Um, I cut down a little bit on the glare on the um, whiteboard, still working on that, still working on the lighting here as well, but I think we're a little bit better than we are uh, yesterday. Obviously, still need to work on that intro. Not sure why that movie's not playing, uh, but we'll get there. Yesterday, um, thank you for joining me. Uh, we talked about perspectives and having the challenge that most security folks um, face is that they're diving purely into um, the specific security of a system instead of looking at the overall context of how that system's used. And we saw a couple examples. We saw uh, some of those pitfalls. And it's always that um, perspective, that broad view, that um, higher level uh, approach that's really challenging because you're normally in the weeds. Um, today, I want to talk about something uh, that really hit the news yesterday, um, the cyber attack that happened on the Pyeongchang Olympics um, on Friday. So I was on um, CBC's On the Money talking to Peter Armstrong about this uh, yesterday. I'll put a link to that down below. Um, but it's very interesting because everyone's asking, you know, who's behind this attack? If you've been following me for a while, you know that attribution is very much um, of interest, but also a bit of a pet peeve for me. So let's get you the hard facts here. Um, what happened was the um, Winter Olympic Committee has said that the games were in fact um, attacked. Um, it happened on Friday during the opening ceremonies, and that coincided with a 12-hour outage for the website, um, which meant users couldn't download their tickets until Saturday morning. Um, also, uh, there was some intermittent Wi-Fi outages in the um, stadium, as well as um, some TV and internet feeds for the media were impacted. So this is the first time that we've ever seen an official acknowledgement from the Olympics that a cyber attack actually impacted the games. Now, it was a minor impact compared uh, to uh, the reliance of the games on digital. But the interesting thing here is that the attacks are, um, the games are attacked constantly. And I don't think people realize just how much um, these games are under a cyber uh, onslaught, essentially. Um, and that's not uh, unexpected, um, given that it's been increasing year after year after year. Uh, but the games are also one of the most prepared organizations to face this attack. They go in fully knowing that they are a massive target. It's a, the world stage. Hackers are trying to make a name for themselves. So they're prepared for it. They're running game days ahead of the, uh, um, the games themselves. Um, so that's where they're running through operational um, scenarios, and they're actually playing them out. So, hey, if this system went down, how do we... How we compensate if this system went down and this system went down at the same time how do we react so it's not bad that the games are being attacked obviously it would be desirable if they weren't um, but this is an organization that's prepared for it and i think that's the huge difference here i think that's really important and that ties back to yesterday's perspectives uh, talk is that you need to be uh, aware of your um threats and the risks that you're facing. So if the games are doing a threat model, they know they're going to be a high profile target for not just background noise attacks, not just directed attacks at sort of their um, vertical, but obviously direct, targeted, persistent, relentless attacks. And that changes how you go about defending. The games are um, not quite a zero fail scenario, but as close as you can get without having life-threatening scenarios. The, they're reliant on digital feeds going out, they're reliant on digital timers, the experience on site is reliant on digital, so obviously they know that that can't afford to go down for any length of time. This attack on Friday was the first time we've seen any sort of success from an attacker, um, and hopefully it'll be the last. 
but the games recovered quickly. And what really, really impressed me was, I believe it's Mark Adams from uh, the IOC or from the Winter, sorry, from the Winter Games um, Communications Department. He was out um, talking about a number of issues uh, related to the games, but he directly addressed the cyber attack. And he said something that was really impressive. And essentially it amounted to um, that, yes, they were attacked, they recovered quickly, there was no data loss, um, there was a minor disruption, but they're not worried about who was attacking them because they're focused on delivering a safe and secure games. And I think that's absolutely critical. Here's a recognition of an attack, but then also a recognition that, you know what, maybe after we'll dive into seeing who it was, but in the moment, right now, it's not super important as to who was behind this attack, even though that's what everyone's clamoring for. We've seen um, multiple researchers speculating with moderate confidence, which I think is a dangerous game in and of itself, um, saying who was behind these attacks or which malware was used in these attacks. We simply don't have enough evidence publicly to make an attribution. And I, I spoke about that last week and I'll tie, um, I'll put a link to that video down, down below, um, because I think it's really important to keep that in perspective, is that attack attribution is interesting. It drives that story. Who's behind this attack? Attack. Who is trying to take down the games? Well, even if you knew it was Bob or Joe or Fred or whoever, is that useful to keeping the game safe and secure moving forward? It might be a little more useful, but the games are already on high alert. They already know they are the target from dedicated attackers who are relentless and persistent. So knowing that that relentless, persistent attacker's name is Joe and he's sitting in wherever, does that really change how you would defend and that's really the core question. People get caught up in the interest of, oh, who was it? Who was it? We can go after them or we can deter them. And that's important within context. Right now, the games are on a fixed schedule, right? They run for the two weeks um, and then they're over. So during those two weeks, you're not going to waste resources and time diving into uh, deep forensic analysis of what went wrong unless it's going to advance the cause of keeping the games safe and keeping them running. Given the level of preparation they have, I don't think it would. And their statement essentially amounts to that, is that they're focusing on keeping things moving forward and they'll worry about it after the fact. Now, after the game's end, that's going to be a really interesting um, question to ask is to go back, review. Um, and the reason there is that, you know, they go back and review and figure out what went wrong, what, uh, what worked, what didn't work, so that the next set of games, right, 2020 in Tokyo, can learn from their experiences in all areas, not just in event planning and logistics, but also very much on digital defense, on cybersecurity. That's absolutely critical and will be more critical moving forward as more and more people tune in from their phones, from their computers. Um, you know, even the TV streams are all based on the internet and the digital feeds now. So it's absolutely critical um, that they learn after, during, let's keep these games going because we've seen a lot of great athletes competing, a lot of good stories, um, a lot of really interesting sport. And it sees, uh, you know, it's that wonderful thing where the world comes together um, to celebrate sportsmanship, to celebrate the games. And let's make sure that the games are running smoothly. And that's a really good attitude to hear from the operations team. So that's what I wanted to address today. Um, you know, please uh, follow me up. Oh, see, still learning which side. Uh, Mark NCA on Twitter, uh, GitHub, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, all that. Uh, hit me up there. Um, always wanted to talk. Always happy, happy to have a chat because I think we get better when we talk ideas through. Um, still working on some logistics for this cast, but uh, you know, I'm going to keep pushing forward. Um, 9:30 Eastern on uh, Monday through Friday. Um, right now, just coming to you live on Facebook after the fact on uh, YouTube and maybe on LinkedIn. Uh, we'll see. I'm still playing with uh, where and when this works best for people. So let me know what you think. Um, hope you have a great Tuesday.